Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. I'm your host, Stone Payton, and in the studio with me this morning is my good friend and co-host, Lee Cantor. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Stone. This is first Learning Insights in Georgia in a while, huh? Yeah, no kidding. The last time we did Learning Insights show, we did it from Chicago, Illinois. That was a fun trip. I thoroughly enjoyed that, and we had uh, we did Learning Insights all day. Right. <laughs> so quite a bit of content now. Uh, from Chicago, uh, the contingent there. So a shout out to those folks, uh, Kevin Rillo, Mike Lynn, and uh, all the good folks that we had a chance to interview. But you know what? I still don't know that it holds a candle to what we do here right here in our own backyard. This is going to be a fun segment. A little bit later in the program, we're going to get a chance to visit with Bonnie Davis. She's an instructional design consultant and does some meaningful work with training pros, as does Clay Johnson, also an instructional design consultant. But first up on Learning Insights, we have with us with Silly Monkey. Is that, is that a typo? Is that for real? With, no, that's for real. All right. Well, we've got to hear that story with Silly Monkey. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Miss Deborah Thomas. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. And I'm also with Training Pros right now. Um, so, yes, yeah, Silly Monkey uh, is a company I started about seven or eight years ago, I think, at this point. And I wanted to uh, do something to let people know this is not your mama's training. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to kind of get it out there that this is uh, what it, my specialty is, game-based learning. And um, it's not uh, just that, you know, PowerPoint click to the next slide. So you were doing gamification before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you find that's a good way to train people? Oh, it's excellent. It, it's engaging clearly, but also because um, it helps them remember what they're learning. That's mm -hmm. the main reason, in fact. So it, you can help people touch the information in ways that is a lot harder with traditional training. Right, where that's that kind of road memorization does, isn't as effective as when you engage them and they're doing kind of creative things around the concepts. Exactly. If, they, if you can help them kind of touch the objectives and do things with them, mm -hmm. with those learning objectives, and actually um, interact with the information, then it's more memorable. Now, is it hard for you to communicate that value proposition to, like, corporations where they think their stuff's serious and important, and you're saying, well, we're going to be a little silly, and it's, <laughs> you know, we're going to play this game, and trust me, this is going to work at the end of the day? Yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely um, been a hard uh, sell, mm -hmm. um, but that's changing. Uh, in a huge way. So, but definitely, when I started the company, I didn't use the word game so much. Right. And, and, um, What'd you call it? What was? What? Well, I would call that that dirty little four-letter word <laughs> that <laughs> that I wasn't allowed to use. Um, but yeah, you could call it, you know, accelerated learning. Right. Was starting to be okay to talk about um, and things like that. But I did. I, I would push the envelope. I would encourage companies uh, to do things that they didn't feel comfortable with. And it wasn't necessarily something I would think of as game-based. 
um, but it was way out of their comfort zone, and it was beginning, it was the baby steps of getting them there and right. getting them to become comfortable with this flirting with the idea and the notion. Right. And afterwards, they were always surprised, and they would come back and tell me, oh, my God, that worked. They loved it. You know, even really um, conservative companies. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Now, does this lend itself more to e-learning or stand-up training, or does it have equal application in both arenas, or what's been your experience? Oh, that's there? a great question. That was a fantastic question. <laughs> <laughs> I practiced that all last night in front of the mirror. <laughs> That is a good question because um, it can do. You can do anything with it, and um, in other words, instructor-led game uh, game-based learning is perfect. So you can do card games or board games, uh, flip, you know, flip chart games, all sorts of things. Um, and same with you know e-learning, WebEx training, or things like that. You can do fun games, and uh, of course CBTs and. You know, with fun, really cool tools like Storyline, it's getting easier and easier. So, yeah. Storyline? Yeah. Tell us more about Articulate, that. Articulate, uh, you know, has the new program called Storyline. and um, Well, this is great because now I can send them a bill. For Perfect. Thanks for <laughs> yeah. mentioning this. This is you're, great. No, tell us all about it. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Um, so does this make us officially their sponsor? Absolutely. Okay. Now it does. So. Now, now it does. <laughs> Until Clay mentions another company. Right. <laughs> So, no, so tell us about this, about this story life, because it sounds like it's something you've had some success with, yeah? Yeah, so it's a pretty powerful tool that allows uh, people to, you know, instructional designers to create training that has um, elements of, you know, Captivate. Captivate, you can do these things with too, but yeah, it's a little more difficult. Storyline brings it down a notch. There goes the Captivate sponsor. <laughs> well, no, oh, wow. no, Captivate is awesome. I love Captivate. <laughs> one hand giveth, one hand taketh away. No kidding. No, I love, actually, I love seeing the competition with uh, the companies now. Uh -huh. And there's, uh, you know. Because they're raising each other's game. Yeah, See? It's game. Yeah. The third game. <laughs> tied it all together. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of competition, I suspect maybe that's one of the advantages is that there's some uh, friendly competition in the room. And that's a, a different level of energy than maybe is often brought to training. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And uh, competition, I, I, will, uh, <laughs> I, I like to say that people will compete for a chewed up, um, you know, eraser. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> I won. Can you share a story maybe of that in action where you saw that and you saw the whole group kind of everybody rise based on that kind oh, of Oh, yeah. For the instructor-led training, it's really fun because you can see it in right. action. And um, they start off with, oh, my God, we're going to do a game. This so the world dies. Right. <laughs> and the crossed arms, and they sit back, and they push away from the table. And then um, slowly you get the, you know, the first, the early adopters start buying in. And then somebody sees that somebody's getting points, and I don't have any and, points. And now you're behind. I'm behind. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, and I don't like to lose. And, yes, and I'm smarter than they are. But, you know, that to, to that point, you have to be careful. So the games have to be designed very carefully in that you don't want a class especially when um, they might have a manager or <laughs> right. you know colleagues they, you don't want them to pit 
against each other in such an aggressive way that it's could turn negative. Sure. So you really so have to build that's in. That's kind of the art and the science of this, right? Exactly. Because yeah. as a facilitator, you got to kind of monitor that and tweak as you go. And as a game designer. Right. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, that's an interesting topic I'd like to dive into for a moment or two, if we could. This is all great once you get there, but uh, long before the training experience it, itself, there's this design phase, and you're an instructional design consultant talk a little bit about that work that happens i don't know at your kitchen table at your office long before we're ever in the room with these folks right so the first thing you know sometimes um clients will come to me and ask if i can make a game out of something and it's just a title and i'm thinking well sure but i need to see the content content is king and it always will be so first off is you have to look at the content and figure out, you know, what the learning objectives are. So all of the things that you do to design a good training program is still valuable and in, mm-hmm. pl- in place. And you need as much as possible, right? Even stuff that they might think is insignificant could become significant, right? I love that question, too, because... Um, it's not a great question, but you love it. Give me half credit. <laughs> Um, because I, I've always said that, you know, when somebody will give me a course that's already created, trying to create a game out of it is a litmus test. Is that a really good course? No, because there's nothing there. Right. <laughs> so, so that's worse almost, right? Yes. You'd rather have just the raw information so that you can craft what you think is most powerful. Exactly. I know I've been, uh, as, a, as a participant in a training program, I have had an opportunity to, to be in that environment where a game was used and it was very effective. I've also seen it where a game was used and it wasn't effective. And, and the observation I made was we played the game and then we dived into the content. But they, they didn't do a, a great job, I don't think, of, of bridging the two. Of, they have to be really tightly and clearly connected, yes? Absolutely. And sometimes um, the game... It didn't work well because they built a game that wasn't around the most important learning objective. They just, it was filler. Um, So, and that is really the reason a lot of people don't, didn't want to buy into the game-based learning at the beginning because that was happening way, you know, a a long time ago. So, and the other thing is, um, you know, I forgot part of your question. (laughs) Well, it was just, what I can remember is having a marvelous experience in in one environment, and then the other one, it it, it seemed like we almost wasted our time, because it wasn't connected to the content or the objective, like you're you're saying. Right, the objective, and then also, um, I tell people when they're implementing this activity, they have to have enough time to do the setup. In other words, clearly design uh, talk about the instructions and how the game works and then also play the game and then debrief time and that's what you're talking about yeah they didn't have a proper debrief so even if people were participating and got it and they had fun and they won that eraser um, <laughs> they still um can't always tie what it was they did back to the training so that that conversation has to happen Yes. Now, w- when you mentioned this, the eraser and, and it gets kind of, it doesn't matter, right, the prize? Like, so if you're designing a game, you don't have to think, like, I'm going to spend a huge budget to give them a $100 gift card somewhere. Like, it doesn't have to be some big thing, does it, no. in order to be effective? No, and actually, I, I sometimes think it works better if it's not. So if for, you know, WebEx training, mm-hmm. and if you want to have a game included, 
uh, virtual prizes are really funny. And <laughs> <laughs> so it could be like you get a star or a badge, like a yes. something like that. Yeah. And then that way it, it kind of follows them around and then other people see that they won something. Exactly. And it yeah. doesn't cost. It's just electrons on the screen. Yes, a badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like our other consultants on the program today, you work with and through training pros. And I want to talk a little bit about that relationship. But what's your backstory? How did, how did you get to where you are now? Have you always been in the instructional design arena? Oh, good. Um, yeah. So I started off as a newspaper reporter and I have an education degree as well. Newspaper reporter. So my question really was a great question. (laughs) She knows a great question. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. So you started as a newspaper reporter. Yes. And, um, I covered the school beat and, um, eventually I started writing corporate, I mean, um, technical writing. So I, in fact, I, when I met my husband, he has a computer science degree and, um, we became friends in 88 and, um, he told me back then, he says, you're going to be a really great virtual trainer. In 88? And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, was a virtual trainer in 88? Exactly. (laughs) It's like from Star Trek. (laughs) Right. So I was like, okay, I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. I might have to wait a decade or so for the technology to keep up with that idea. Right. But he was right, I guess, right? Yeah. So so that's kind of how I kind of started slowly learning about the computer-based applications. Mm -hmm. And I started teaching computer training and writing uh, you know, training books. So that's kind of how I started into this uh, place where I am now. And and the training pros relationship, they help you? Yeah, so I have a great project with them. I'm working with Infor, which is a huge company, and they have a gigantic um, implementation for technical training. Mm-hmm. And it's using Captivate, and thank goodness they're doing, you know, the right thing. It's, uh, it's not so much game-based, but they are really creating deep training for their clients and they have so much to do. They have to get the content out first. So I would think in some years they might even add some real uh, fun um, components to it as well. But like I say, they're, they're really pushing the envelope as far as creating some amazing and huge library. Right so I now. guess that's one of the benefits of working with the training pros that you get to be placed in these opportunities where maybe it's a different size company that you typically work with and then you can kind of uh, build out what they want but also give you an opportunity to suggest maybe something even larger. Well, that and also um, the the other thing I like to do is keep – I think it's important for an instructional designer to stay in touch with all kinds of training projects because – it's not our job is not easy and we have to really understand training in this deep way all aspects of it right. so all, we need to understand the pain points of the mm-hmm. customer so the only way you can do that is by getting involved in lots of different projects right. and understanding no they all can't use you know some crazy flashy program because they are implementing in a different way so or and you're getting this real world real-time information not some theoretical or a blog post you read that somebody somewhere else is doing exactly and i'm sure you had to begin knocking their socks off once you got on site with client and started to to work with the client but but it sounds like 
by working with someone like training pros, you can spend the vast majority of your time practicing your craft versus the peak and valleys that I know a lot of individual consultants experience when they're out marketing. If they're marketing, they're not practicing their craft. If they're practicing their craft, they're not marketing. So exactly. probably it helps all that front, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. This gives me an opportunity to do some good work. Um, it's study. It's really, you know, uh, important and valuable. But then I also have my, you know, evenings or my weekends where I can work on my own silly monkey things. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So we're going to wrap this segment because I want to visit with some of the other consultants at the table. We're going to leave your microphone open because I, I think we all might want to participate in the ongoing conversation. But let's make sure that we leave our listeners with um, coordinates to reach out to you if they want to have a conversation with you. What's the best way for our listeners to to learn more about Silly Monkey or uh, reach out and have a conversation with you? Oh, absolutely. They could email me at SillyMonkey um, at, uh, what's my? Uh, <laughs> SillyMonkey at MindSpring.com. Oh, Mindspring. I started to say Nicely Earth. Done. Yeah. <laughs> good catch. <laughs> no, he's good. At, uh, it's, um, it's Earthlink, but um, I kept my MindSpring mm. part of it, so <laughs> that's why all of a sudden I couldn't think of it. But that's a, that's a great way. Um, my website is SillyMonkeyInternational.com. Fantastic. Well, hang in there with us. Uh, and again, we're going to keep your microphone open as, uh, as well. It is now my pleasure to introduce instructional design consultant and training pros thoroughbred. I don't know what the labels are over there, but I'm sure you must be a thoroughbred or you wouldn't be uh, invited to come join us on the broadcast. Uh, please join me in welcoming to the conversation, Miss Bonnie Davis. How are you doing? I'm fine this morning. <laughs> so what did you learn in that last segment? Did Deborah teach you anything? I, you know, I'm sitting here. I was so enjoying listening to Deborah and, and her story. So <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, about your work. Where are you focusing your energy when you're, uh, when you're helping clients? Well, right now, I, I just started something at uh, Genuine Parts Company, and it's software, rolling out some new software to uh, the uh, internal folks and with the usual uh, issues where uh, the training should could have been started a little bit earlier, a lot earlier actually. And uh, there's a little bit of hesitation among the people who are going to use the system. So we have to uh, consider just get bringing them up to speed, getting them happy and making the, they don't the say like inviting. where you've been all my life, boy, it's a good thing we're doing this. That's not this case. And, and rarely is it the case. So sometimes uh, with, with implementing software and, and doing the software training, there's almost a, a whole parallel, what, like change management Absolutely. effort along with it. Is that, Absolutely. yeah, speak to that a little and, bit. And some companies actually have, a change management person on board working through the process. In addition but, to but you doing the training? Wow. In, in, in addition, but often there's not that change management uh -huh. person. <laughs> and, and so we are happy to step up and uh, help with that because we want people to uh, appreciate and really learn from the training. So we will, in some cases, I've helped to actually outline the, the change management to make the so the people will come along with the process because they're developing some software that they want people to use and we are training them so in that training process we can put a positive slant on it and try to make the training as uh, uh, pleasant and also incorporate what they really need going back to Deborah's the objective what are they trying to get out of that so so that when they come to the training what will they be happy when they leave? They'll say, oh, that was great. Or now I can go back and I can use this and this is going to make my life better on the job. So if we can do that, we've done a good job. 
Now, is that frustrating for you to, in each case, you know, you're not getting in your head what you uh, would think is the optimal amount of information and maybe clarity, and you got to work with what you got? Well, we, we start out, well, I always start out by going in and saying, give me everything you've got. Because <laughs> a lot of times people try to hold back. Well, they don't really know what we need for our instructional materials. But if they give us everything they have, then we can pull from that. And they're always the subject matter experts who we, who we can go to and get more information. And, and like Deborah. I was a newspaper reporter. So. Really? How about that? Yeah, wow. Is that unusual in your, <laughs> we, we in your field? <laughs> Man. <laughs> so uh, we have a lot in common, Deborah. We'll talk later. <laughs> but uh, so I was trained at the great University of Illinois uh, to, uh, as an investigative reporter. So I bring to the table that, that drive to go in and get information. So it's very easy for me to think, ah, I need more or to investigate and investigate. And fortunately, I was born with the gift of empathy, so it's very easy for me to relate to others, to find out, to, to get a feel of what the client needs, and also to get a feel of what the learners are going to need. But when they don't give you all the information you'd like, mm -hmm. it, it may be because they're trying to help you, right? Because they think, like, they don't want to overwhelm you, or they only want to give you what they think is most important. Yes, that's true. They, they think that they're going to give us what's most important, and we have to help them understand what is important. Now, software training, then, is a large part of your uh, of your work? Is that well, characterizing I've, that? Well, I've run the gamut from uh, software, and some people call them soft skills, but software has been a, a bulk. I started my training with software training. Uh, I was a technical writer, uh, same as Deborah. <laughs> I was a technical writer before, and uh, then I got into uh, software training. Um, but I've also done some interesting training that was softer in that I've done some work with uh, National Minority um, AIDS Foundation, where we actually did some training on how to go in and help folks who are incarcerated to, to, uh, and have AIDS or HIV and how to deal with those people and deal with transitions from being incarcerated to going back into to the community. So it's been a variety, and, and it, I like variety. That's one thing I like about working as a consultant, the variety. Well, I have a question around the variety because uh, it, it occurs to me that it must, uh, it must be a unique skill set to be able to design and deliver training across so many disciplines. And, and a piece of that must be your ability to harvest information from subject matter experts. I, I, talk about that a little. Because you can't, you can't right out of, the, out of the box be an absolute expert in all these things, right? Or Absolutely. You're correct. Um, and part of it is just initially, for example, when I, I know a topic, uh, a subject, that day, for example, if uh, training pros, when they called me uh, about work on, on the current project, well, I immediately went to the Internet and uh, started <laughs> so to do some research. those reporter skills. <laughs> That's well, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. What's on the Internet. So went and, and started to, of, of course, like anyone, research the company. But then once I get a little tweak of what the material is about, to even go and do mm. much more research on the, uh, the, the, the content on my own independently. So I come to the table with some information and then working through with those subject matter experts and if it's software, it's a matter of actually using the software. It's very interesting. I was on a project with uh, the Home Depot, and it was about kitchen design. The software was for designing kitchens. So I actually learned how to use that software to design kitchens because then we had to train the folks that you go to and talk to in the stores uh, on how to 
tell customers how to design their kitchens. So from designing kitchens to talking to folks about HIV and AIDS to uh, software to management training on um, uh, strategic planning, it's it's a variety. But you lost money on that one project because you went home and designed your kitchen, right? What do you mean, <laughs> lost money? Well, you know, unfortunately. It, it added value to her house, so <laughs> right. she's really ahead. Oh, okay. Well, unfortunately, my husband and I had built a house, and, and, and part of that was to make sure I had a nice office to work in. But we had done it before. Before and I was the, so- before I the mean, software. I know, I know, I know. Gosh. So now, uh, when you're working with training pros, how do they even find you, or do you find them? How did I uh, training pros? I think someone uh, referred me to training pros. I, I, I say I'm one of the old timers with training pros uh, because I somebody referred me to training pros, and I remember Steve Capon, who is the president of the company. I remember meeting with him back in the days when uh, neither one of us had much gray hair, and we uh, talked about uh, we met we met and talked about the company. So. It's usually, and I prefer, when another um, uh, contractor or consultant tells me about a company because then I figure it's going to be a good company uh, to work with. And, and I'll tell you, my actual first uh, work as, as a contractor consultant, I actually found in the old-time yellow pages. I mean the book, not not yp.com, not yp.com. People may not realize there was a book that exactly. actually had yellow pages. Exactly. <laughs> Kevin has no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. Know, our I, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. <laughs> and you know, when I, when I tell this story in, in a classroom, I always, I only have about two left. I take uh, yellow pages with me, you know, because a lot of the young folks don't know what I'm talking about. Then show them that that's what Google used to look like. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh your pedigree, all three of you, it, it has to speak for itself because I, I'm trying to put myself in Steve Capon's shoes. They have a relationship with a with a genuine parts or what, who was the client you mentioned earlier? That's in a, four or in four. Mm-hmm. They're not going to place that relationship in jeopardy <clears throat> by simply sending them someone with they got a lapel pin at a diversity training course. They're going to be vetting you guys pretty pretty seriously. Uh, did you vet training pros a little bit too when you were? Or did you know the, them by reputation? Well, well, by the referral. And I'll tell you, when, when I met with Steve, uh, like I said, I've got this empathy thing going on. So when I met with Steve. Steve deserves I, a lot of empathy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I got a feel for Steve, okay? And uh, I liked uh, what he said about the company and overall what, what the company would do how the company would work with uh, not only clients but with the consultants. And and I developed over the years a trust in, in, in training pros, which is uh, very important for me because I, of all of the companies, um, staffing agencies that I've worked for, they are the one that will uh, very um, narrow the scope of the uh, consultant. They will send one, maybe two uh, folks in to talk with the client, whereas some folks, it's like a cattle call. And, and, and I, I even tell my husband, oh, Interesting. cattle call, not, not for me, because huh. you, you, they just dump <clears throat> resumes on clients. But, but what I really, really like about training pros is that they, there's a, there appears to be a concern about the me, the consultant, as well as the client. So they're looking out for both of us, and that is so important and so valuable. Now, you do some work with training pros in terms of lunch and learns and workshops? 
Well, well, uh, I'm about to do a launch and learn on uh, uh, what's my topic? How to, how to make them want you back? Uh, how to make the clients want you back? Uh, and uh, that's during this month for their uh, consultant appreciation month. That we're going to do that next week. And I also do a workshop. This is my workshop uh, presented by Bonnie Davis. It's about the naked truth about contract work. And that's where I am uh, a workshop for folks who are interested in getting into this type of work to, to tell them some tips and t some tricks. And also for folks who have been working to just enhance it, to make it better. I have learned a lot over the years. And, and I'm at a point in my career, those things that I once considered a competitive advantage and that I would, you know, <clears throat> keep to myself, I'm, I'm ready to share now. And I'm really ready to help other folks. Now, you have any tips maybe you can preview for your uh, potential audience uh, Tips. W one, I'll, I'll, this is one for... Don't give uh, the good ones. Yeah, yeah, really. Because <laughs> there is a they, price this for is the like workshop. A, it's like a teaser. <laughs> it's a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, let, let me give you this. Uh, well, something I'm going to, for the lunch, lunch and learn, one thing I'm going to tell them is uh, always uh, provide an appetizer. And uh, what I mean by appetizer is once a contract or consultant goes on a contract, as soon as possible, give the client something that's good and effective. Show them what you can do. Because there's that hunger from the client side to, to, to see can this person really do what they say they can do? And, and so there's, we always go through a little bit of proving yourself, okay? Mm. And so the client has a hunger, and then there's the, the me the cons or the consultant who wants to, okay, let me get this over with. I know I can do this work. Let me show them. <clears throat> so the appetizer is to go ahead and quickly produce something. Uh, for example, once I went in and a client, you know, I could tell a client had a little bit of doubt. I quickly overnight produced a prototype. And so took it the next day, and they were like, oh, I could see. You know, they saw, oh, wow, oh, she you can do get the work. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're on track. See you. right. so, so an appetizer is always good. And so then also, if you were off track, then they can catch it early on instead of, you know, a week or two down absolutely, the road. Absolutely, absolutely. So where can our listeners go to learn more about the, the work that you're doing? Uh, Davis Bonnie at bellsouth.net. Or please connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'm Bonnie J. Davis on LinkedIn. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And again, I want to keep your microphone open as well because I've got a couple of questions that might be appropriate for the entire group to, to, to address. Uh, but now it, it, it's time for the guy we've all been waiting for. <laughs> he's been sitting there patiently. He's been nodding his head. He's been taking notes. He's been smiling. Uh, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Instructional Design Consultant, also doing some neat work with and through training pros, Mr. Clay Johnson. How you doing, man? Good morning, everybody. Doing good. <laughs> um, it's really sparked from some things that Bonnie said a moment ago, my first question of you, and I just I hadn't considered it until we got into this conversation, but uh, for, for a lot of folks in this arena, I would think it's quite a leap uh, and maybe a little bit scary if you're accustomed to working inside, say, a Genuine Parts or an N4 or any other company, and you decide to strike out on your own and do contract work, okay, speak to that a little bit, because I guess you made that leap just like everybody at this table made that leap, yeah? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's similar to any opportunity, whether it be uh, you know, being hired or being a consultant, you have to still provide the same proving ground. Um, consultants have a little bit tougher time because we don't have, normally have the, some of the you know backing that you would have when you walk to an interview and and but as a consultant you're a maverick so you got to be good every day 
And that's the beauty of being a consultant, I think, is you're 100% every single day. Where if you're an employee, you can be 20, 30, 40. <laughs> you can be zero. Don't right. say that in front of Kevin. <laughs> really? <laughs> Please. Um, but, but you do have to have, uh, as my grandfather would say, you have to have faith and you have to step out on it. Otherwise, you won't land on any. You have that faith in yourself. And so I think a lot of us have this, this relentless faith in ourselves and our skill set that we're as good, if, if not better, than what you have in your office. And that's why they hire us, because we have a skill set that maybe it's too expensive to employ. Or um, I like that framing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you have a job, Stone? Well, I'm a little expensive to actually employ, so I, I like that. I'm going to play that at the family. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Or, or just, just uh, they don't need it permanently. You know, they need some. Some of us just come in as kind of the the gunslinger. We do four or five things very well, and we leave the building, and, it's, and, it, and it works out okay for us. So, um, there is some there is some anxiety um, when you're a consultant, but for the most part, there's a lot of a good bit of success too. And uh, to to Bonnie's point, um, you do get a flood of of companies who, who kind of chase you down, but you kind of get a feel of who's real and who's not right away. Um, you also, you also, we also laugh about the names too. We all know the same names. Going to call you a hundred times, and so we kind of get used. To, it's a, a good joke around the consulting world. Who not to answer the phone for? So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have our own uh, we have our own sort of uh, list too. Now, well. do you have a specialty in training? That you- I do. I'm one of the f- well, all the same skills. I think my my uh, my counterparts here, but I think I'm one of the few people who kind of delve into M learning, which is a new environment. And I'm um, currently meaning some like mobile, mobile learning. Yes, okay. so taking what we know and do, and and moving into the device world, mm-hmm. uh, iPad, iPhone, so on and so forth. So that's a, it's very interesting environment. Um, l- a lot more um, complex than what we currently do now, uh, from a design and development perspective. But for the most part, it's the same. It's just allowing you to do what you do well. You know, in your environment, if it be mobile device, a handheld, or, or your phone. So do you have any tips you can share about taking some training that maybe was in a classroom or in a different environment and moving it to mobile? Uh, right, it's, you know, there's no real tips other than you have to, and I'm sure we'll all agree that uh, you have to get the education. Uh, there's, there's not a tip we can give you. So the content is important. Yeah, the content is important. That's one. But then understand that you have to be certified to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately understand that a lot of your content won't migrate well to the learning environment. And that's the key is knowing that some stuff you do won't, won't cross over. It's right. the same with anything we do. Yeah. So I was wondering, is there uh, some wisdom in chunking content out differently? And I guess I mean in smaller pieces if you're going to mobile and chunking it out in smaller pieces. I'll ask you this, Deborah. And e-learning as opposed to the stand-up? Well, I'll ask you first. So is that chunking? Is that one of the strategies sometimes that is applicable? That's one of them. Here's what's cool about about the mobile environment now. It's just as robust as as any other environment. It's not like it used to be where your phone had limitations. Well, that flip phone that Lee carries. (laughs) (laughs) But if you have a smartphone. Is it razor-friendly? That's really the question. Yeah, if, if you have a smartphone, a razor is not a smartphone. If you have a smartphone, then you should have the same capabilities you do with your computer. So I'm going to ask you all this one, if I if I if I can. Subject going back to the subject matter expert. Maybe the subject matter expert um, has um, a great deal of experience and knowledge, and maybe has even done some stand up training internally for their organization. But to 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 put that personality on e learning could be like a disaster, right? Is it is that true, Deborah? Right. They, you didn't always make the 
We need to train them too. (laughs) So that's a skill set too, being able to train in these different environments. Absolutely, there's uh, it's different in design and in Mm -hmm. delivery. Yeah, it's all different. We find ourselves not just get collecting content, but also training trainers, doing some leader led stuff, and also Uh, doing some sort of some coaching. I mean, we we have I've very rarely have had a, a development where I didn't do all of them at some point. Um, you have to do sort of touch every realm that we visit in training with uh, with development. Now, are you still wrestling with uh, in, in the old days? Some people in our listening audience will remember the beta versus VHS war. Now, if, I, I feel like there's all these different devices with different platforms, um, and maybe you create audio, video, maybe even text. I don't know. And it, man, it's just beautiful on this platform and this device, and then it doesn't. You know, the other thirty percent of my sales force, for example, doesn't have that device. They were on the other program, and it does. Do you deal with that kind of? I'm dealing with it right now. I'm on a, a project for Coke, and, and as big as Coke is, they're still on in a in sort of a geeky way. They're still on B on B plus, and you should be on C plus. And so you're finding that large companies don't have the platform sometimes to do what they want to do. And so while they want you know CD quality, they're still running beta or VHS. And so you, you you do struggle with trying to help them understand it. We know what you want, and we understand <laughs> what you want. But this is reality. But yeah, here's the and the reality sometimes doesn't go over very well. But you. It's either in, you know invest before I get there or invest now if you want right. if you want that result and so we have a, all of us have a unique way of of softening the blow though you know kind of making it feel good like you know we could get you kind of to, to digital but you know not quite so it so you're right you do struggle with environments all the time and managing the expectation of the client that's a challenge I'm sure yeah they all want a, a feature film but they want to do it on a shoestring budget which is unfortunate but it's true I mean now, we, we work miracles though, is there so. challenges when when you're coming in as a consultant and, like you said, this hired gun as opposed to an employee making these suggestions, or do you have more freedom to kind of express, you know, what they really need? You know, it's funny. I, you would think that going in they would have some reservation, but most times we're the, we're the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, here's our consultant. Here's our expert. Here's the person who tells us what to do, lead the ship. And so we re- I really ever have a challenge where they're saying, I'm not sure if we, can, if we believe you. It's more what the consultant said, let's try that because they've been right. out there, they've been in the world. So. so that might be an advantage over an employee who they have a history and been with for 10 years. Maybe they don't take it seriously as this hired gun that comes in with um, the knowledge and the expertise of the specialty. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that employees sometimes lean on and say, hey, this is my idea. I want to implement that too. <laughs> and so they get this through because right. they, they are ignoring me. So we're sneaking <laughs> some ideas. But, you know, we're careful to, to make sure that we deliver what the client wants. Right. And the employees will have their their needs too, but our job is to do what the client at wants from us, and that's what we do most times. Now, can you share maybe a story that's something that was rewarding for you that you were able to implement that you're really proud of? Yeah, one of my larger projects with Veeam was uh, with a software company called uh, with Turning Post is Veeam Software, huge security company, big time techie company, and all they wanted was time management training. It was weird; they wanted a soft skill in in a software company, and uh, the the best part of it was. It, it, I've done tons of time management stuff, and uh, it was good to see a bunch of young folks in front of you feeling like it was brand new to them. Because usually time management training is kind of the, you, you deal with the AMs and the execs, and it's kind of uh, run of the mill. But they enjoyed it, and mm-hmm. it was great. And it was uh, one of the few times I traveled for as a consultant for uh, that for a group. So they had uh, different divisions throughout the country or the yeah. world? Just, just stateside. So I mm-hmm. went to a few offices stateside, and... Um, and delivered, so you really do get a chance to 
go through the whole process of designing training and then writing and, and then, then implementing and implementing and wow. then actually doing some ILT, some instructional lead training. So it was cool to be able to see my work mm-hmm. and then actually use my work uh, in front of a group. So that was a lot of fun. So Infor, Genuine Parts, Coke, um, what was the other one you made? Beam Software. I mean, these are all really large organizations. Maybe you guys are past this, but was there a time when you're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Coke? Is it, are, no, are you're past all that? I, I don't know if I'm past it more than I – I think you get past it once you become a consultant, period. You just kind of get over the idea that, <laughs> that this is a big company. You, you feel like you're representing training pros. You're a big company. So you have the idea going in that uh-huh. they want me as much as I want them. And so it's kind of this cool marriage, you know, minus the kids and the college. <laughs> <marriage>. <laughs> well, it's an interesting point, though, and I'm sure 99.9% of this is, is under your own steam, or certainly you have to, to validate the, uh, the benefit of the doubt that you're giving. But I suspect maybe there is a certain degree of credibility that you're granted at least early on if you're coming in through the training pros path. Is that that's fair. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, unlike a lot of organizations who, who hire us, Training Buzz, is great. Training Buzz has a great reputation. Um, they do give back a lot to their employees. I don't see that ever in any environment. Having an appreciation week doesn't happen in other, other environments. So we walk in with the with uh, idea that the company is, it, that we represent is, is well-represented, one, but two, well-respected. And so we walk in. It's not while you're at Coke. It's like while you're from Training Pros. Which happens all the time, and um, and it's good to have that that going in because you know walking in you can't you kind of have a little bit of anxiety, and then when they say glad to have you, we've had guys like you before from the same company, and you all have done a great job. It sets some it sets the bar pretty high, gets some pressure, but you also come in with the bar set pretty high, and that's always a benefit right. to me. So, so what advice, if any, would you have for people that are maybe coming through? school or maybe they have their first job in the instructional design arena and actually i'm going to ask everybody this but i'm going to start with you okay uh what advice would you have for these young people and uh, all the way from if you want to tell them don't but (laughs) but it's more (laughs) positive than that uh you know with respect to uh where they should uh, focus their efforts should they go get a corporate job first to get a little experience just anything to navigate those. yeah like where should they go to get that newspaper reporter job that yeah right yeah or maybe maybe they should do that maybe they should do something outside the arena to, so yeah what's Start your take off on as a reporter and then, <laughs> right. and then quit that job right. no you know i think for all of us the benefit was getting a free corporate education i think you go to corporate uh-huh. america first learn the business of training because that's important and learn it for free and get paid to do it and then really start to develop those relationships before you leave your job. So reach out to the, the folks like Dave Edelman and who else, whoever else is out there and find out who you want to work for and learn their reputation and then step out on faith. But, but first, educate yourself. Get the skills for free. Don't pay for them like all of us do. <laughs> get, get them for free. And, uh, and then, you know, take the step. If it doesn't work, you can always go back to work. Now, is there, what about joining organizations like ASTD or ATD now? Definitely join ASTD. It's, it's a great organization. Join as many as you can. Join uh, that are out there that are credible, obviously, and that won't just take your money, but really participate with you. Right. ASTD is probably the biggest and probably one of the best. Um, there's others out there, but I would say join those organizations. Get the feathers under your cap. Get some mm-hmm. certifications, whether it be uh, uh, Six yeah. Sigma or other things you need or require for this job. And then ultimately, um, just jump out with the with a with the specialty that really helps if you're a specialist that really helps right and that's kind of counterintuitive because a lot of people think like i have to be a generalist so i don't want to miss an opportunity Mm -hmm. but when you're a specialist 
and being kind of the um, kind of the smartest person in this niche, then that sets you apart. And so whenever that niche comes up, you're the go-to person. Absolutely. If you're on board, if you do onboarding, that's your deal. Focus on training for onboarding because you get tied into HR comp- organizations and things mm-hmm. like that. And so when you find your specialty, you get, believe it or not, you get better at using the tools mm-hmm. because you, you, you learn that right. part of it and you go forward with the tools. So it works out really well. Uh, Bonnie, uh, anything in particular? It, you it might follows offer? right with that to 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 get a specialty, and not just a specialty that that that's <clears> hot <throat> now, but something you really love to do. Because as a consultant, think of yourself as an entrepreneur. So you've uh-huh. got to have something to drive that. You, there there are a lot of other elements other than than doing the work. So you want to do something that you enjoy doing. That right, you're happy al- when you get up in the morning. Right, it's aligned with your passion. Absolutely. So you're fired absolutely. up about it, and you're just curious about it yeah. to begin with so even if you don't get work specifically <laughs> in that moment you're still excited about learning more about it exactly because between times there are things that we still do when there's some downtime we're right. learning or we're creating something new so so that's really important because you want to be best in class in your Absolutely. specialty right yes. yes well you know my intent was to go around and ask deborah but i know you got to be just itching to say your little phrase about riches so i'm not going <laughs> right. to deny you that Thank opportunity you. go ahead <laughs> Niches bring you riches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's probably some truth to that. There's definitely you know, based on, that. What you, on what you guys are right, saying. Right, right, right. Like M learning is a niche. You right. Know, it's, yeah, it's, good it, point. It, it's definitely a niche. And, uh, and when you're the first, usually the, you hit your head the hardest. <laughs> right. Well, because you're clearing the path for the other people. Exactly. exactly. So, but, then, but, then, but then once you're, you sort of get the, your, your path laid out, you usually have more success, but you than than your counterparts if they're not certified in right. niche. So it, that's a that's a very true statement. All right, Deborah, let's help the young folks out. You got anything <laughs> else to add? Oh, this sounds like it's been some marvelous advice so yeah, far. Absolutely, and um, I agree with all of it. I would, I definitely think it's a good idea to start at a corporate training department because you can learn so much. Um, but every evening and every weekend. Teach yourself uh, other things. Get on YouTube, whatever it takes. Uh, you know, if you don't have the money to pay, I do think um, you should buy your tools. I think just like uh, someone, a car repairman or, you know, people who go out to service uh, other clients, they have their, their toolkit and you need yours. So I would suggest buy tools or try free tools. Try as many things as you can. Learn everything every minute. And then that's where you'll find what your niche might, what you might want to make your niche area f- to get your niches riches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the maid never, at, never wants to borrow your broom, right? So right. have your own tools. <laughs> right, right, and, right. And it's like well, Bonnie said, if you're an entre- you're really an entrepreneur, so you yeah. better invest in yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And I would also like to add, definitely join the organizations like ASTD, mm. but become a volunteer for them. Right. Just don't write a check and just think you're a member. Yeah, you got to really immerse yourself in the exactly. group. Exactly. Don't t- just show up at the meetings and expect to hear a presentation right. and learn something. Volunteer. That's how you're going to network the best. And actually, I think you should volunteer in an area that you don't know the thing so that you can use that time to learn something. Mm-hmm. So it's then win-win for the organization and for you. So right. you're learning what you need to, and you can add that to your resume. Right, and you're <laughs> getting the most, and you're demonstrating your skills to maybe a new group of people. Right. Yeah. Uh, Clay, before we wrap, uh, I want to get your take on the, the future of mobile, because I get the sense it's it's not going away. We're going to be doing more and more 
learning on these devices that we have with us, aren't we? Yeah, the mobile environment is is you, you all are part of that that history is is huge, and uh, I think the the hesitation now is is making sure it's secure. That's the hesitation. Uh-huh. Once once uh-huh. we identify the security methodology, I think from there you'll see a huge burst in 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 the mobile environment because. What happens is you get to train where you are versus coming into a room and sitting there and going through the process. Right. You get to, you get to train from home or from the road or the airport while airport they're sitting there waiting for a flight, right? Yeah, all those so all those all those, all those good opportunities to, to train. So I think that environment will grow exponentially in the next couple of years. And for us, it's always a good thing. But but for sure, you'll see that just blow up. It'll be really fun to see. And even with respect to the ILT or the e-learning, the mobile can be uh, fantastic as uh, supplemental reinforcement in, in that as well, right? You, you saw, so it's you not know, an either-or. No, it's not either-or. It's, it's one, of, one of the many ways to learn. You, you, you see some of the bigger companies do a great job at it. You know, for a long time, Steve Jobs did a presentation for his, for his group, and he would step on stage and have his ILT working, he'd have his PowerPoints working, he'd have, he'd have mobile working at the same time, and he'd leave you one more thing. It was always a mobile environment to invite you to. So nice. he kind of set the tone for what that's looked like for us. So it, 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 you're, you're right. It's, it's more than just one way to learn. Yeah, uh, can I add to that? There's also a conference I'm speaking at um, later this month called MLEARN in San Diego, and um, that's uh, another way to get involved in the mobile world is to, oh, I'll see you there. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, you might ought to have lunch with Clay. End of the the month, (laughs) I'll be there, yes, end of the month in San Diego. So it's Mm -hmm. it's a a great opportunity for people who are looking to be involved. Mm -hmm. Lots of workshops. Um, I'm going to come in for just one or two workshops, Mm -hmm. but I'll be just kind of walking around the event, so it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm speaking there. I spoke at MLEARN about four years ago, I think, one of their first ones in well, I, I'll be looking for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. Uh, speaking of looking for you, where can our listeners go to learn more about your work and maybe have a conversation with sure. you? Sure. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. It's Clay Johnson. Pretty simple. Um, or email me. I'll answer questions. I'm, I'm pretty open to that. It's clay.w.johnson at gmail.com. And when we have you back, we'll find out what the W stands for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has been an absolute delight having you on the studio this morning. Uh, Of course, we have thoroughly enjoyed our relationship with Training Pros uh, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is we get to meet passionate, driven uh, folks like you that are doing such great work for the market, for the community, for the profession, and... uh, We thank you all for for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our guest this morning, our sponsor, Training Pros, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family. We'll see you next week on Learning Insights. Although we sell, 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 s